Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 129. I'm your host, Emma, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello, it's Metal Gear Day. It's Metal Gear Day. What is Metal Gear? It's not Metal Gear Day. Metal Gear Day is in like seven days, right? Uh, it's April 31st. Uh, April. I thought <laughs> it was April 30th. April 30th? What day? I mean, it turns into April 31st, right? That's I mean, the there thing. is no April 31st. April has 30 days. Oh, April 29th. Okay, I forgot how I forgot how <laughs> night days work. Whatever. The point is, it's one day, and then the, the sun rises in New York, and it's the next day, and then it's the day we met, Jack. <laughs> oh, it must be the 29th into the 30th then. But I was talking about the 30th, which is the important day there. Yeah. There was some discussion briefly in our Discord of whether uh, Pomu Rainpuff would finish Metal Gear Solid 2 on the 30th and just decimate culture. Do you know what day it is? I think she's going to beat it before that. It's it's not it's not that uh it's quite a ways to the thirtieth, so I think she'll easily yeah. beat it before that. Is she still in the middle of them? MGS3? I have not been following her. Yeah, she's playing too. I have not been following okay. her at all though. If she's in, the I haven't even watched. Segment. I haven't even watched Dan and uh, Drew play through Metal Gear. I'm not going to watch Palmy play through Metal Gear. I've watched some of Dan and Drew playing through Metal the, Gear. The thing is, I can't. I just can't suffer normal people reacting to Metal Gear. It like it's like psychic damage. <laughs> that's actually not the part of those things that that's tortured to me. So I like those videos. I really like when Drew's playing. I, I like the, him stumbling through like the uh, uh, the just the levels. I think it's really cool. The the thing that gets me is when uh, the videos stop and every day, uh, every time they record, when Dan like makes uh Drew go through every bit of information they currently know that has kind of been revealed and try to work out what the timeline of events is in each game so far. And I get so mad. I'm like. Dad, stop this. It all gets ironed out at the end. You're not meant to think about it this hard. Dad, stop doing oh, this to I him. Just, I just meant specifically how Pomu would react to stuff. Like, I just don't. I have no care. idea who Pomu. Like, no off Pomu. People say I'm Pomu, and I go, that's a VTuber thing. Um, she's just she's just normal. She's, she's very normal. She's a little online, um, but she's nice. Um, I, need, I, I just, now need I just, more specifics. I, need I, just to know don't what you mean. I just don't need to listen to people who are not, like, politics, anime, brain rotted like us okay. talk about metal gear it drives me crazy that's fine that's it's, that's our problem that's our problem no we're not no, no, no this is people. my problem that's, it's, this it's, is it's like us. if i have to listen to someone be impressed by kojima's politics and not kind of roll your eyes and laugh at it then i i just go joker mode well uh we're about to get impressed with kojima's politics today um <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into that uh what you been playing shit what have i been playing not that much i guess when uh when did we last record a month ago <laughs> a month ago what have i because i've been going so hard on the anime mode uh i can oh go first God. i guess i mean i played lego star wars that's that's you one thing lego i've star actually wars. played the evil game from the evil people that uh has the been the best-selling lego game of all time <laughs> yep um which is fine it's kind of mid like all lego games uh it adds a whole bunch of combat systems for no reason whatsoever because it's not like the enemies do anything <laughs> You know, there's no yes. point to the to the to the systems. Uh, I like going around the open world and solving puzzles. Uh, I feel like um, at its best, it's just like a uh, really shit Mario Odyssey, uh, which I don't mean qualitatively. I mean like the jump is bad. This is not a platformer. It has little, you know how, how the stars are small puzzles, uh, the moons are small puzzles in that. Yeah, uh, it has little bricks that are small puzzles. But because the jump is bad, they're not platform puzzles. Then we're like, I'm going to use my ability to do this. Um, and it's just quietly going through the open world solving these puzzles. And I think that's fine. But then obviously with all these games, they don't finish it. I just, well, I mean, I finish the levels, but I don't finish all the tasks on the checklist. I just wake up one day and go, I'm fucking done. I don't need to do this ever again. <laughs> and then I move on with my life as I do with every.
every one of these open world checklisty games. Totally fine. Um, definitely made me go, man, fucking Star Wars is so bad once I got to the sequel trilogy and realized that, you know, culture was here and we we're all doomed. Um, but that's that's kind of what I've what I've played. I streamed that. Nothing else? I went back to Elden Ring, to LD Reldy. I got to uh, the Radan fight, which I think is incredibly cool. That's a really cool fight. Um, okay. I don't know anything about Elden Ring. That's the fight that's like famously the super hardest fight in the game, uh, and I beat it second try. It was really what fun. about the lady that everyone's like, oh, let me solo or whatever? I don't That know. one's also hard. That was like an optional late game boss. Um, okay. This is uh, early to mid game. People come to them low level. The actual thing is that, uh, as intended, it's not really a fight. It's a like narrative set piece. Um, and it's about summoning a whole bunch of guys. Uh, and a if squad. You, like, yeah. If you get hit or try to solo him, you will be killed basically instantly. But because I had bleed, because I had a bunch of guys, um, it was very easy. Uh, Did you do it before the bleed nerf? I heard there's a bleed nerf. There's not a bleed nerf. That was a lie. Okay. Okay. There's like a nerf on one super bleed ability. What it actually does is bring up all the other status effects power to the point of bleed. So okay. you don't, it bleeds no longer as OP, but it is still just as useful. I think, I don't know. I'm really tapped out of the LD Reldy discourse. Uh, but um, I did have a good time with that. I was like, oh, uh, that that whole sequence is the one thing I found in that game. That I'm like, this is demonstrably very different from the souls games and not in just like a, oh it's an open world bit like it, it does something different it's like more actively narrative you come to a place and there's a bunch of npcs talking about the thing that's happening and they're all talking to each other and you and it builds to a set piece i'm like huh these these games already do that it's like a really cool thing they did um which i thought was funny because I, I stopped because i was like hey, this game is too big it's high points are samey but it's low points are just stretching out because it's an open world game maybe it's not as much for me but maybe i will go back now i'm like you know found something really cool in the middle of it um I'm sure I will just pick at this over the next six months. <laughs> like, you know how people used to play games in school? Yeah. It would be my guess. And every few episodes, I'll be like, I beat another bus. Fair uh, enough. That's normal. Yeah, that's just how, that's normal. That's how you're meant to play video games. Can't relate, but I know that's normal. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Um, I played Devil May Cry 5. It's been... 84 years! <laughs> <laughs> um, which is the fifth Devil May Cry game, right? Uh, and I'd kind of been putting it off because uh, I was let's playing four, but then I didn't stop doing that. And I was like, I'm just going to finally play through five. I had a good time. Five's a neat game. Um, I have some narrative quibbles in that that game is about like reintroducing Virgil to the world because he's technically spoilers. been dead since the first game. <laughs> spoilers! Yeah, I know he's on the box, but spoilers! um but um in thinking too hard about the being asked to think about the actual meta plot of devil may cry i realized virgil's not a character that matters he has no motivations he's just he's sad he's sad that he isn't the beloved child um even though there's no like the situation that him and dante face as a kid don't you can go back to our early episode about devil may cry doesn't really matter like it's fine um, it's not like he was poorly treated. He just has a real chip on his shoulder that like, oh, Dante was the favorite and our mom didn't love me as much. Um, and it made him a joker and he just wants power for the sake of power. And there's no end goal. He's just, he's just, he's the most basic nihilistic JRPG villain. He doesn't even want to like kill God. It doesn't matter. He's just like, I must have, must be strong. So I don't feel sad about how mom didn't love me. It's um, stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> hey, I mean, I've always interpreted uh, the Virgil stuff as like, 
because I haven't watched Dragon Ball, but it see it, he seems like how people talk about Vegeta who haven't watched Dragon Ball in 15 oh, years. Oh, no, it's not. I, I no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, when you were talking about Vegeta before you rewatched Dragon Ball, when Dragon Ball was a thing you remembered from high school. Yes. Uh, Vegeta sounds like he's that in real life. Yeah. <laughs> no, Vegeta, Virgil, you know what I mean. Sure. But what if, what if Virgil uh, married, uh, what's her face, Nico? And just like settled down and kind of chilled out. That's Vegeta. That's why Vegeta's good. Um, so my my um, experience with uh, Dead Man Cry as a teenager was I had a friend uh, who I just talked to on MSN. I didn't know who they were. There was a guy called Connor. Um, I have not talked to him in over eight years. Hope he's okay. Um, and he really liked Dead Man Cry. Uh, and he also he also really liked Vegeta, and he also really liked Bakura from Yu-Gi-Oh. I thought these were like the coolest guys, just the coolest hard Bakura, guys. I'll be perfectly honest. Well, guess what? He's one of these. Okay. Uh, he's a little bit more like sicko mode evil uh, mm. than um, either of them. Uh, yeah. Because I, you know, I I have not seen the five stuff, but I feel like Virgil is like heroically misguided. He just wants power, but if he didn't, he would be cool. He just needs to briefly stop destroying the world. The yeah. problem with Dead May Cry, and you'll have to tell me if Five uh, changes this, I assume it doesn't, is there's no world. Like, I don't know what any of... Like, it's like if Naruto and Sasuke were existed alone in a forest. There was no uh, Yes, no, specifically Dead May Cry 5 is like a weird, like, because there's three characters' narratives, it's like a, like, time... Like, it's like, takes place mostly over a single day, and a lot of the, like, missions overlap chronologically, like, in, like, a broken timeline. But it's mostly like, we're going to assault this big dungeon. Yeah, Dead Macry. Yeah, uh, and there's like a city that was fucked up by said dungeon, but it doesn't really matter. Is it London? It looks like London. I don't think we know what the city is. Red Grave City. Okay, because there's there's bits of that game. Where I'm like, this is a fucking London. You're in London right now. I didn't know if they went to London or if it just was this bit. This screenshot looks like London. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing about the game is that um. They finally figured out how to make Dante really good as like a thing to play because they put the weapon switching and the stance switching all just in the game from the jump and designed around it. So Dante just has like 8,000 things he can do. He's just the Swiss army knife of action guys now. Uh, um, amazing. And and his weapons are really interesting and they're all most of them are pretty cool. There's like a couple I don't really care for, but that's fine. That's normal in one of these. Um, but um that's just really cool. Um, the thing is, he's up against Nero, who has one weapon, but you get to do the thing where you rev the weapon when you do the sword swipe, and I think that's the most satisfying thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and this is, this is the philosophical difference in, like, I mean, we, we, we whenever Devil May Cry comes up, we always have the Bayonetta thing, but, like, I feel like in the way that you describe Five, and I, I guess Four to a lesser extent, just the, the play philosophies between Dante and Nero... Uh, put both of these in the game you have the one that's about like a massive tool set and uh, intricate combo potential and the one yeah. that's about like really satisfying micro mechanic loops uh yes. and they're just both in the game and you yeah. you have your your guy but they're both yeah. there and you get and you have to play as both so you just kind of get used to them and like i enjoy both like i yeah. like, man there's some cool dante stuff i prefer playing as nero because i like the the you know x seed charge i think it's good but mm -hmm. um yeah, he doesn't need it. He, he's they got his mechanics right the first time. They didn't need to fucking do anything other than open the timing window on it a little bit. Um, and that's what they did. Uh, yeah, they changed how his arm works a little bit because now it's a robot arm instead of a devil arm, you know.
but mechanically he does most of the same stuff. It just also can explode. And there's like a stock of them. <laughs> Good. You got, you got bullets on your, your arm. Yeah, you run out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I mean, they're like scattered throughout the level. So you're picking them up if you want, if you're using them. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if you're like surrounded by enemies, you can like blow it up to do like a, a close range AOE, like grenade with your arm. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. How many guys on screen? Like, not normal. Like, you know, a bigger fight will have like maybe six small, like, like four, like three normal guys, one big guy and two like flying around assholes that you hate. You know, just like normal Devil stuff. I just didn't know if they uh like because you know in Kingdom Hearts three it's like the same basic setup. No, they did not. They to... did not turn up the enemy density. It's a normal ass yeah. video game. Okay, that makes sense. I just just curious because I, I know that's like one in four um on the PS4 like one of the things you can do is turn up the enemy density. Uh, okay. Um, because in the special edition they can suddenly like crank that up. Yep. I have no thoughts about playing as V. I never really felt like I figured it out that well. It was annoying, but it was fine. Like, I, I was getting good ranks, but I just wasn't enjoying myself. Just didn't vibe with me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I, I didn't play the virtual mode because I realized it was going through the same levels again. With, like, very little story content. I was like, I'm done. I'm already over it. Uh, when Devil May Cry 6 comes out, I will just play it from the jump, and then when DLC co- comes out, I'll revisit it and be happy to, like a normal person. But in catch-up mode, I'm just not interested about uh, stuff like that, you know? I mean, yeah, because that's how the Virgil thing happens. A year later, you get the yeah. next-gen version, you try it all out, see the differences. Uh, but here, it's all just the game for you. Yep, yeah. Look great, running great. Um, world's too detailed. Uh, I mentioned that on, like, Voip Life, and we talked about it briefly before, but... Yes. That's, I mean, us wanting video games to look like 2008 on the PS3 yes. forever yes. is just a true thing. We, 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 we don't get what we want. It's fine. Yeah. Um, then uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to clear. Uh, I'm going to play Death Stranding to get that off my uh, plate. <laughs> All right. This arc. Let's go. So I played like two hours of Death Stranding. I really disliked the opening barrage of cutscenes in pure Kojima fashion, just miserable. And then I, when I got to the part where I was marching around the landscape, I was having a pretty good time, except I think the game would be better without BTs. I think they genuinely disrupt enjoying the video game. Uh, you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> I just want I just want to climb and struggle by climb. Like, it's like, oh, this, this hill sucks. That's the, my challenge is the hill, not a weird ghost guy. <laughs> Yep, correct. Everyone who's played Death Stranding agrees with you. Um, and so I played like two, two and a half hours, something like that. I didn't get very far. Um, and then I was like, I'll put a pin in this because like part of me wants to dump it. But part of me is like, I should see it a little. I should at least get out of the first like big zone, you know, um, before I decide to get rid of it entirely. Um, Did you get and... to the second, second map? No, no, no. That's what I, I want to get to the second map Okay. Um, before I decide to cut it. Uh but it's not looking great for Death Stranding. No, why is that? So then <laughs> I booted up Sable, um, which is not actually that similar to no. Death Stranding at all, um, but does give me what I want, which is a big world where it's just kind of on me to like fuck around in and explore. Um, if you don't know, Sable's an open world like exploration game where you're, you're this girl who's going on a pilgrimage to kind of figure out who she wants to be when she grows up. And uh, your village is like, okay, go into the wider world, and you get on a speeder bike. You're on like an alien planet. You're, you're, you know, you're in your foreign world, um, and you're driving around these settlements in the desert, 
and picking up side quests and uh, finding things on the maps and unlocking areas of the maps. It's like, what if Breath of the Wild had no combat and kind of no shrines? Like, there's a couple light puzzles, but not very many. There's maybe like, you know, a dozen in the game, as far as I can tell. Um, and, um, and so it was just doing side quests, meeting people and seeing stuff and then climbing up stuff. Uh, and gliding because you get a you get a you can float in a way that's very much like the glider in Breath of the Wild, but the float has no stamina drain. It's just climbing has stamina drain and running, I guess. Um, and there's no fall damage. There's no enemies. There, you know, there's no health bar, but it's just that stuff um, in this world. that's like you know, people. If you haven't seen Sable, just look at like it in motion. It's it's like building on like Mobius comics. It's like very like seventies European style. It looks um, very cool. It looks very cool. Runs like dog shit. <laughs> this is this is such a shame on the Xbox because I know like the it is doing an aesthetic thing with frame rates. Yes. It's really interesting and cool, but it can't work if the it just means the the, the price of the frame rate itself actually buckling is to yes. lose the aesthetic touch. <laughs> yes. Not only that, it's just like you know, for a game that's all like flat shaded, it has a lot of like flickering textures. It, you you realize what the textures in that game are because they fucking flicker like crazy sometimes. <laughs> okay, um, it's just like a poorly optimized like the engine just isn't good, and it's it, it's fine. You just don't see it a lot. Like I don't see a lot of games where like the slowdown is like severe and the the texture flickers really bad and like you know, I'm just used to being spoiled. It's fine. It's like, I don't, because the game is not like mechanically dense or demanding. Um, it doesn't really bother me. It does kind of suck about the aesthetic thing. Cause your main character, like all the characters move in like a, I assume it's like meant to be like 12 frames a second animation, like animation. Um, and, but the game generally like runs at like 30 or 60 or probably 30, but the frame rate tanks so regularly that it like ruins the way in which the character movement and the world movement don't align in a way yes. that's meant to be like visually interesting, but it mostly just means that you can't tell if the games are running bad on purpose or like the characters are jerky in like a stylistic way, except for sometimes when you're like right up against like a rock and suddenly the game is like fully running as well as it possibly could. And your character's moving in the way they do. And you're like, man, this looks great. And then you you turn the camera slightly and it all tanks again. Um, I'm looking at some little um some 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 tests. The uh uh Xbox Series version seems to run at like 45. Okay. Which is like the worst possible frame rate for it. Yes. Um, might have been better just cap so because you need the evenness of the frame rate so the half rate plays. Yes. Uh, yeah. holy shit though it's got the xbox one on the other side of the screen this is a disaster it's a miracle this game runs at all this is clearly uh, like a uh is it unity or is it un unreal i, don't uh, know. I believe I know it's unity yeah this is a game that has been like stretched right like it is a miracle they managed to make this game which is not an insult to developers it's the opposite like they have they've yeah. made something very cool and ambitious with the tools uh which is its own kind of fun, because you get the Shadow of the Colossus, like, they have stretched this fucking video game to breaking point to bring us this open world. Yeah. Um, and I do appreciate that kind of, like, uh, performance crush. <laughs> Though, unlike Shadow of the Colossus, there's nothing in this that, like, other than, like, the aesthetic and it being like, a really small team, that, like, when Shadow of the Colossus came out, you're like, I've never fucking seen anything like this. And so it, it was fine that it ran bad. This game, you look at it, you go, there's no reason for it to run like this, but it does. And you just got to accept it because it's a small team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, this is how it is. I like, the yeah, yeah. Team, I, like, I, said, like... I'm, I, I don't, I know when I was talking about playing it on like Twitter, people were like, oh, I really took, I just couldn't play because it ran so bad. I'm like, 
I, I grew up on a 64. Like, games fucking run bad sometimes. Like, I, I don't know. It's not going to stop me from enjoying a game that's good. And I really like, genuinely think the game's incredible. Like, I know I am Digital Foundry pilled a little. Yeah. Like, no, me too, like, sometimes. Like, we, we, we we're there. Um, and, and I get that it's definitely easy to be that way when so many games on the... When you have the new consoles and you can mostly choose things that run well, at least for now. We'll see yeah. how that keeps up. Well, yeah. Uh, if this isn't... If this is like an Ubisoft game that ran like this, I'd just stop just playing. I'd be like, it. you yeah. have no excuse. Like, come on. <laughs> But instead, it's like a really unique and beautiful thing that yeah. you can't get in any other way. So you're yeah. just, just going to play it. What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm not done. Um, I'm still working on it, uh, but I'm having a great time. I think Sable's really incredible. Um, mm-hmm. We had talked at some point about doing it for a game club, but I don't think it's like really appropriate for that. I don't think we'd have a lot to say. So, yeah. No, I just need to go play it at some point. Yeah. Um, I like. I think I like it more than Breath of the Wild. I'll be very honest with you. <laughs> uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I, I briefly mentioned, I tried to play a uh, shadow of the tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, you did. You did try to play that. I've also played like an hour of that and stopped. I got like 90 minutes in. Do you get to the me. bit where you're going down the river? Yeah. Well, yeah, like okay. the city was, so I got to like the part where the game starts and I'm looking for, uh, my guy and I have to fight like two Jaguars. Um, and it's like suddenly really, it's like, oh, she, she's. Despite the fact that she has caused an apocalypse uh, like twice already, suddenly it's like, oh, these jaguars are so scary. But then the jaguar in the cutscene like looks at Laura and is like, oh, you're you're the real shit. And runs away, um, dragging the other jaguar into the jungle so you can't loot its uh, pelt because you'll definitely be looting jaguar pelts by the end of the game. But you can't get them this early. Um, and then I had to fucking fashion a knife so I could cut down some ropes to get my gear out of like a net. Like the the plane crash, like it was suspended, and I had to like I can't cut these ropes unless unless I unless I fashion a rudimentary knife out of some shards of the plane crash lying around the area. This is literally the fucking first screen of MGS three. Yeah, um, but it, it just immediately like leaned directly into like the crafting and, survivalism. Like, yes, bullshit. That's not what I want. Uh, so I deleted it. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I yeah. I'm also thinking one day I'm sure I will try to play that game for real. Like I downloaded it once, played it twenty minutes, it was fine. It sucked in all the ways I expected, but like I do like climbing on things. Yeah, I just don't think that game is. It seems like it's way more interested in like the the mechanical density of like the item stuff, and just and also because I'm playing like the gate whatever like the ultimate edition or whatever because I bought it really cheap and it was already all bundled together. It immediately is like if you, like you can play as Laura, right? Whatever. But if you want sicko cool and everything, Laura, you got to put on this like tribal gear from the uncontacted <laughs> civilization that we just dumped into your uh, item box where she's I... like in like a grass skirt and wearing like woven sandals and stuff. And I was like, mm, nope, no, I'm good. I'm really good, actually. It's Coachella, Laura. Yeah, it was bad. Um, bunch of like bone ornamentation, like on a, like a headgear or whatever. And I was like, ugh. Remember when the game was a pre-release and everyone's like, we went to a lot of work to be really respectful about what it means to contact, like, an uncontacted civilization and made sure that we didn't fuck this up? No. Um, well, okay, I I, I now need to know what this outfit is. I ha- Like, I have to know. Uh, is it the robes of Puka Hook? Maybe. Because this is already, like, uh, uh, I'm on the page on the, uh, on the uh, Tomb Raider wiki called Lara's Outfits. There's a bit at the bottom where you can see all the Shadow Tomb Raider ones if you want to follow along at home. Uh... Um, yes, this was it. <laughs> this is fucking... You can't do this. Yeah, I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good, actually. 
You so can't do this. Even in the default game, when she gets her gear out of the plane and pulls out her bow, it's not like a cool modern compound bow. It's like a, it's like an ancient piece of wood carving bow with like a, you know, like hand strung. And I'm like, Lara Croft, the whole point of this character is that she's like the invading force and you're like white guilt narrative. She should have a fucking modern ass compound bow. And then racistly learn the ways of the natural bow throughout the course of the video game. They can't even be problematic, right? Um. Uh. So here's the you've seen the one I sent you. It's just the incredibly yeah. racist one. The ne- literal next costume to the right, the next one you unlock is uh, like you know, check me out. I'm a fucking explorer from oh, the thirties. This is my god. This is literally Nathan Drake cosplay. Yeah. Um. But it's like, hey, you can be the the native tribe who very respectfully made up for this game, or you can be the thirties explorer racist guy who kills them. I'm like, Thank this you. is this is just like Avatar the video game, where you get to choose to be a big blue guy or just a guy with a gun. There, I'm going through. Oh, there are so many. This sucks. Why did Trinity have like weird? Nazi outfits. They're not Nazis. I don't know. I don't know. The, the way they reframed Trinity in the opening bits is so wild. I was like, I did not. It's like, we found the leader of Trinity because it's the third game. We got to wrap all this shit up. And he's this random guy in uh, Mexico. Is this in Mexico? South America somewhere? Um, I don't actually remember where the game takes place. I think it is South America. I don't know if it's quite Mexico. Um, it might be. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even yeah. know. It's, it's, it's just it's, some it's guy. And he, he lives in a village and he's just walking around. You're like trailing him like it's fucking Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, bad, bad. I deleted it. I'm not looking back. I'm never playing that game. I'm fine. I, I, what? This... If I, if I want, if I want, if I want Tomb Raider, I'm just going to go back and finally play the original Tomb Raider. Yes. That's probably the right choice. Which I've I, never I just, done. I keep looking at this, like, Lara in a Trinity outfit. I'm like, this is a German, the German military outfit. What? That's not what Trinity were. They were, like, weird PMC guys. Yep. So, I don't know. No idea what happens in that game. Um, I do always laugh when there's modern stuff that, like, uh, Entry 2 kicks off this whole new storyline, and then Entry 3 has to wrap it up immediately before it's even started. <laughs> also, it's made by a different team, because the other team's moving on to the big other new thing. Well, don't worry, they're moving back. They announced Team Raider the new one the other week, remember? Yep. I, they just need to jettison this entire Laura and go back to uh I assume it'll be a brand power. new, different Laura. Laura. Okay. But is she going to uh. be, like... No, she's not going to be. Don't even finish that sentence. No, she's not. I want not. the Laura that's going to wear a fucking uh, evening gown to a rooftop party, but she's wearing her guns. Like, bring back that Laura. That Laura is fucking cool. Tomb Raider Legend so fucking good. Um, anyway, I also played Kirby in the Forgotten Land. That game is just very good. I have nothing have to say gaming? about it. You've been gaming. You've been gaming. I mean, it's been a month. I, I've just been quiet. There was like a two-week period where I was just playing games, and now I'm fully in anime mode. But like... um. I was gaming, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kirby's really good. They made those such the move to 3D like really smartly. Um, I I completed the game. I didn't 100 percent it. I was I was like, eh, this seems like slightly more trouble than it's worth. Uh, I don't actually care that much. But I had a good time. <laughs> Cleared it in like two days um, because it's still Kirby. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's it's Kirby. Yep. Feels like the game Mario Odyssey should have been. Checks out. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's it for me. All right. Uh, that's gaming. Let's get on to our, our uh, episode.
Game Club this month is Metal Gear Acid 2, uh, the 2005 in Japan PlayStation Portable game uh, directed by Shinta Nojiri. Um, <laughs> the uh, second in the Metal Gear Acid series, which is a uh, collectible card stealth tactics game. Um, Acid stands for Active Command Intelligence Duel. Okay, that's fine. Why is the I upside down then? Because it's the alert from Metal Gear Solid. Sure, but... Information mark. Okay. Um, (laughs) Jackson, what happens in Metal Gear Acid 2? You can briefly talk about 1, I guess, if you need to set up anything. I I don't. I really don't. In Metal Gear Acid 1, a whole bunch of really stupid bullshit happens uh, at extreme length. (laughs) um, The only thing that matters is that the Solid Snake in Metal Gear Acid 1 is not Solid Snake. No, that is not Solid Snake. He is not the clone of Big Boss. He is just a legendary soldier. Uh, unclear even whether Out of Heaven happened, but Solid has definitely not happened. Uh, yeah. All you get is like the idea, the platonic idea of Snake. Um, yes. And to be clear, he is Solid Snake in the first game. Yeah. Uh, in this game, he is only Snake because uh, he is suffering from amnesia uh, and he doesn't know what happened since three years ago at a... Uh, country in which what country was it does it matter um can't find no, it i do not remember i do not remember anyway regardless uh he uh doesn't remember anything for three years ago when there were like a bunch of murders uh in this uh, in this country and he escapes with um some some people he met along the way who do not have portraits so you know they will not be mattering for the actual story it's like he has this whole found family but in a game that never happened it's like oh there's this like woman and then these pilots that he likes and you're like oh are they characters no absolutely not don't talk but the the writing treats them like that like the emotional core of snake's motivation but they they don't have portraits so they you know they don't matter and guess what they only show up again at the end uh so they're escaping this bad situation. They fly into America, uh, but it's obviously an illegal flight because they were escaping this bad situation. Uh, and they're arrested by a super shady FBI agent named Dalton. And Dalton's like, you got to work for me. you got to go infiltrate this uh, research facility called St. Logic. Um, and we can all, you know, once you figure out what's going on there and get this data from me, we can all go home. Uh, but then he is interrupted by an even eviler, even shadier guy named Wiseman. <laughs> Uh, who's like, now you got to work for us and continue to find the data inside this facility where, guess what? In this facility, you'll never guess, they made a Metal Gear. They're working on Metal Gear. Not only did they make a Metal Gear, they dragged the Metal Gear from last game into the facility to help them build the new Metal Gear. Yes, because this is a direct sequel to Metal Gear Acid, a game I don't give a fuck about, but it does play off Metal Gear... It plays off the idea of Snake and his legendary battles, but only if the video game Metal Gear Acid exists. It's very weird. But Uh, also, it's like, the player's meant to remember Metal Gear Acid, but Snake himself does not. (laughs) Yes. Um... uh, Without realizing that, like, this is already things that have happened in the other Metal Gear games that you're not mentioning at all, even slightly, even in a meta way. So it all gets very weird. Uh, as he goes through, he meets a bunch of characters. The main ones is Venus, who is another soldier, um, and learns uh, of these like human experiments as part of the Ego Project, which... Uh, have you seen Evangelion? <laughs> uh, he, the Ego Project is to make the perfect mind that can fuse with the purple and like yellow neon yellow metal gear uh the 
doesn't shoot nukes. It shoots like neutron gamma radiation so only living things die and can go anywhere and kill anything under ten. It is like cartoonish how powerful this Metal Gear is. Um, and has to confront Copplethorn, who's like the guy who's done the, you know, the research leader who has done this terrorist attack and is making all the shit happen. Wiseman's the guy who made the murders happen beforehand is trying to cover it all up. Uh, Snake's in the middle trying to find a way to take out both sides. Uh, and uh, he manages it, mostly by beating up everyone. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of bosses in the way. There's one guy wearing a very problematic costume that the game treats as like, he's the super noble guy who's just a security consultant for this place. That's very funny. Oh, you mean, um, the, you mean the Shakuhachi player going full Kurosawa mode guy? Yeah, that guy. He's got yeah, he's just wearing eagle. he's just wearing like full on samurai gear. But his whole thing is he's the illusion guy, so all he does is kind of walk on the ceiling at you. <laughs> yes, it's very dumb. Uh, he's ridiculous, uh, and he learns anyway that like but all of the stuff going on with the, these uh, uh, experiments is that he is not Solid Snake. He's a clone of Solid Snake, uh, recovered after the first game. Um, and made to be the perfect soldier but he's too good a soldier because now he's not he's, he's not working for them he's like my solid snake morality overrides your control um and he takes out the metal gear uh the lady who's like a clone of um his wife who died in this incident who wants to be uploaded to the metal gear uh betrays him because she doesn't she's like you don't control me i belong to the machine not you again it's literally just fucking evil is happening before your eyes his yeah. daughter wife clone chooses to go with the robot and not him uh as he realizes his own powerlessness uh in trying to control these things uh snake blows her up um and destroys the machine. Uh, everything is taken care of. All the loose ends are tied up. But then Venus, who is also one of these experiments, the soldier who he's been working with, betrays her, uh, betrays him, and uh, fights him on Wiseman's orders. Uh, she's like, "It doesn't. I don't need to agree with the orders. I am created to follow the orders." I'm, the, I'm like, a perfect soldier. And Snake's like, "Well, I'm not following them, so I'm actually way cooler than you." Uh, wins by um, almost certainly kicking her off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit where she's like, I can't believe hardware beat software. Is it the other end? I don't remember. And I was like, no, nah, actually, I just kind of cheesed it. It was fine. <laughs> just kind of cheesed it. Uh, they, uh, there's a whole escape sequence where they do the like turret sequence from um, MGS1 uh, yeah. in a card game. It's really funny. <laughs> um, she drives out and escapes. Uh but Snake doesn't make it out. No one knows what's going on, even though the, everything seems to be wrapping up. Uh, <laughs> but what's this? Metal Gear's awake, and it fires something from the railgun that lands in the ocean. That's well, they're like, fucking... oh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna kill people, and then it does like one like piddly shot that just crashes into the ocean. And everyone who's ever read or seen anything before goes, oh, that was Snake escaping. And then they play it like, oh, that was Snake escaping. <laughs> that was Snake escaping, and he broke every bone in his body. <laughs> <laughs> As Dalton comes up to him and says, well, we did it. The Wiseman's arrested. Uh, he couldn't cover it up. We took out the terrorists. We did it. You can have your 15 million and your three friends with no, um, with no portraits or back. portraits, yeah. And then also, BB, who's also been here the whole time, is like, I was really important to this plot, but you didn't mention me in the summary. I'm an elementary school student, and I hypnotized the president. It didn't really matter. <laughs> so that's kind of... <laughs> 
just to let you know the stuff I didn't say in the summary. There is there is like the, the like deep throat character of this game is an elementary school student who uses the like ha- their elite hacker skills to hypnotize the president and then promise they're definitely not up to any uh, no good. <laughs> Oh, he's not. He, he, Dalton's like, you did unhypnotize him after you like did the things, right? He's like, yeah, obviously. Smiley face. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely a kid is now in charge of the president. So, yeah, it's wild. This game's ridiculous. Uh, also, it's a card game and a self game and a turn based tactics game. So, yeah, the, the way. So, yes, all the plot aside, the Metal Gear stuff, the actual game is you get a deck, starts at like 30 cards and expands as you go through the game. But um, the the card, like when you start, um, you get like two moves as by default. And uh, your cards can either be used to like do Metal Gear things like hang or throw a grenade or shoot a gun, or they can be burnt to move. And if you do that, then whichever one you do, the cost number on the card is like applied to your weight. And like after you do the moves, it adds up your your cost. And that's how many ticks you have to wait. And anyone who gets ticks before you, like if the enemies have less ticks, they go first, then you go back and forth, you know, whatever. Um, It's it's actually really... really straightforward. Yeah, it's it's just like a really obscured way of uh, having a turn timer on the screen. <laughs> yes, um, but that's functionally all it is. Yeah. Um. So we did not play Metal Gear Acid One, or you played, I played a, a bit of it. it. I played a little okay. bit. I did not, I did play, not play it at all. I, I watched the cutscenes and um, I watched game... someone play it two months ago, and all of it has fallen out of my head, other than like weird clown dolls that were stupid and didn't matter. Oh, the clown! <laughs> no, I mean the like play the train uh, the plane sickos. Yeah, oh, those, yes, God. Metal Gear Acid 1's plot is somehow even more complicated and stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's not just Evangelion. <laughs> um, but it's equally just a Yeah, I mean, I mean, Elsie and Francis. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, that game, as a video game, is the same, it, like, it's basically identical, but, like, slower and more complicated. Slower and a little more annoying, uh, if that yeah. makes sense. They have streamlined it in Metal Gear Acid 2. I know that's tough to believe, given how slow Metal Gear Acid 2 is, uh, but um, as an example, in Metal Gear Acid 1, you don't move. Uh, you draw your line yeah, it is an arrow, and then you click move. Metal Gear Acid 2 has changed where, like, Snake is moving, uh, and yeah, you it's can, just like um, it becomes a fire emblem. They figured it out. I well, guess no, fire emblem no, you no. draw a line. Yeah, no, yeah, no. 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 Metagrass one is more fire emblem. Yeah, this is like, you're right. You're right. But totally this, right. this basically means that like you can always okay in Metagrass two, if you walk onto something that causes an effect, you cannot go back past that point. Even if you're yes. just and that fucked me in the early game. I was like, I was just trying to see if I could. do I wanted to turn around. I didn't want to do that. Oh no, I've ruined the whole level. <laughs> um. It's just a different way of moving and slightly more active in Metal Gear Acid 2. Uh, yeah. But both games are very slow uh, and they're based around these card decks and waiting for the right card and using your opportunities to move. It, so the thing is, it, it, it ends up being, um, I think it's actually pretty interesting in the way it like asks you to either sit around and like just like discard and shuffle until you get the exact card you know would solve the situation or get impatient and try to make do. And I did a lot of getting impatient and trying to make do. <laughs> Me too. Me but too. But I think I think that's like fun because I if I played enough Metal Gear and you know you know me I always play Metal Gear on easy and I'm just going through tranking guys because I'm mostly there to see the story whenever I play it. But like I went through all of uh, VR missions. Like the thing about Metal Gear is if you're just good at like moving a character through space and recognizing what sidelines are, you can get away with a lot. Uh, with like I just got the one gun I like and I'm just going to solve every problem in Metal Gear and it's going to be fine. 
uh, you cannot do that in this game. It's just impossible. <laughs> no, there's like a little bit of that where like it, with with smart use of the box, which is incredibly overpowered here, uh, you can do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of how the video game is designed as an RPG, like damage numbers matter a lot more. Yes. Than they do in Metal Gear. Like in Metal Gear, the guy, the the, the basic soldiers in room one and the end of the game take the same amount of shots to kill a headshot will yeah. always take them out yeah. uh, and because this is a game about damage numbers and rolling dice this is, doesn't happen in the same way you need to like make sure you're using your more powerful moves as you move through the game yeah because the, the enemies will get better armor and better weapons because you're getting in theory better armor and better weapons the pace at which that happens gotta say the game was getting a, a more a powerful faster than i was because i was only playing the story and i was not like going back and like leveling up my cards you know i'd buy new packs and i level up the things that are really useful but i wasn't like spending time to really flush out my deck yes and this is i think the core problem with this game um in a way that i find really interesting in that uh metal gear like has this going forward even outside of acid of like as a as a as a game uh, the Metal Gear games are about continuous spaces, and um, more than that, like contiguous power uh, and agency. Like, okay, in Metal Gear Solid, when you go to uh, um, Shadow Moses, right, you going to a different room in Shadow Moses has an effect on you going to the next room. If you go and pick up the right guns, you are more powerful in the future. Uh, it is a single timeline of yeah. events, um, and this. Uh, signals the shift in the series to something where gaining power is not necessarily one-to-one with exploring spaces um which is a thing that happens in metal gear like it starts in mgs4 where you can explore space inside anything but you'd also like you know grind drops for the uh war economy and buy things from drebin and then um peace walker and mgs5 are just mission based and it's all about your points and what can you unlock here in this way um and even though these aren't in the same series and there's like a different team uh these still like represent that kind of philosophical philosophical shift to more mission based stuff uh you can explore and find things within those missions and i, and I like the like spatial exploration there but it's not as core to the experience it's much more about like leveling up your guys and your cards i guess there's not guys in here um but leveling up your cards uh buying packs making sure your deck's right um and uh going back into old missions and replaying them yeah this this to me is like the ethos of japanese psp development but it kind of ends up like coming forward into console games later it's just like and people always point to monster Hunter as like this is a game about like running it over and over again while you're on the commute um but that's also like a social game where you're like playing with randos this is like a single player game but it still has the mechanics of you're just meant to load into a mission, play it, and then you you know you, you're at your stop, so you put the game away for a day, and you just pick away at get, making your character more powerful over time. It's just not the way that like nor like people like us play. I was gonna say normal people, we're not the normal ones. We're not uh, normal. We are not normal. We're uh, way around. Yes. Where, you, where I just want to play the story and be done with the game in you know nine hours. It ended up taking me like eleven to play this. Um, but um, I I was not I was not going back into missions. I was not like trying to max out my cards. Um, I think the game would be much more uh, forgiving in that way because, like, by the end of the game, I was struggling. <laughs> I was having a rough go because I didn't have the right guns. Um, so whenever I got the chance, I would just try cheese guys by kicking them off ledges because that does a great job of killing. I used a lot of, like, fire grenades because fire damage was outstripping my gun damage really quickly. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was just uh, rough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... 
and that's definitely yeah that's definitely something i find frustrating in this game and not i don't think it's like a core problem because like i said it goes forward in, in other games and games i like well the thing uh, the thing about just... when it, in this in this that i like about it is that it reminds me of going back to like vr missions where like you have only so many things and the the mission each mission is constructed around like here's a really optimal way to do it often they'll be like hey if you have chaff grenades this one's gonna be easy and I'm like, okay, load out, put in some chaff grenades, get it done. I never use them usually, but they were really good here. Um, next time there's enemies, I like robot enemies, I know I just need to load out and get uh, some chaff grenades back in my deck and load back in because otherwise they're fucking useless. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh. And um, it just requires you to like experiment with your tools more in a way that I don't think Metal Gear, like Metal Gear has the, the this is the problem with Kojima Metal Gear is there's 8,000 tools, but any of them will get the job done. Yes, especially as like after this point, because this is this is uh, one of my greatest disappointments with them. MGS three uh, is the online mode. In that, I'm sure it was great at the time. I don't give a shit. I'm not at the time. I'm playing it now. Uh, I could never play MGS three online. I could never play MGS four online. I could play five online, but that also was bad. Uh, and so like. <laughs> What used to be development time put into like extra missions to use your tools in interesting ways became uh, a, essentially a black hole. And so you have these campaigns, like MGS4's campaign, you have so many tools you can use. You need, no, you need none of them. You can be the entire game with a pistol. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I really miss VR missions. And this game definitely tackled into like that thing of like, oh, I'm using, I'm like making decisions and doing tactical stealth stuff that I like. It's Metal Gear, the thing. Yeah. It's like abstracted, uh, but I can still see the appeal. Yeah. Um, there's one mission in this game that I think is like genuinely exceptional and it wouldn't work in normal Metal Gear. And it's the, it's the train, like top of the train defense mission. Um, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Because in a normal Metal Gear, and this is like the first Metal Gear Solid where like the guards rush in and you and Meryl just mow them down. All you're kind of doing is staying there and hit holding the trigger button and making sure you're aiming at the right guys and you're, you're fine. It, like it's nothing. It's like absolutely doesn't matter unless you're playing on the hardest difficulties. Um, in this, there's a, there's a mission where you and uh, Venus are on top of the train and you're defending the the, sci the booby scientist lady. Um, and a bunch of guards are coming from between the cars ahead of you and like trying to approach in your position. You just got to hold your ground. And the train car is two cars wide. So you and Venus can just make a united front and fire at these guys. But you can only do like Snake has two mo two actions and Venus has three by default. But unless you're really like grinding out, you could probably kill one guy in a in like a turn. And there's too many guys. So they're going to like start encroaching and like overpowering you. And it's just the the way of like, falling back if you're taking too much damage um like if i started with like oh i want them both as like united front but actually that sucked because uh one of them lit snake on fire and so snake lit venus on fire because fire propagates in like cardinal directions um it was it, like that's how i learned how fire is very bad in this game <laughs> yes um, um at the very end of that mission the first time venus was, i was like oh i i've got this guy dead to rights the last guy i'm just gonna kick him off the train and venus goes to do that and the guy flies backwards into Snake and knocks Snake off the train. Failed the mission. <laughs> so good. It definitely has the stuff of, like, Metal Gear as a series is, I think, defined by, like, interesting interactions of, like, properties that are put into the world by various tools. Like, chaff grenades take out electricity. That's one thing. But then that can, like, cascade into other things. Um and this like takes that even further using the fact that it's like an abstracted tactics game uh and i ended up really like like i'm not a tactics guy there's no one about me yeah uh, but i am a metal gear guy and I, it ended up 
uh, translating really well. I, I really quite like that stuff. Uh, I, wi- I just wish the game was twice as fast. I, like, there's just too many animations, even when I'm pressing the speed up button. Uh, I just wish it was faster and I can do things faster and I can make the puzzles happen faster. Cause I th- uh, but aside from that, I, I mostly had a really, uh, really good time with that stuff. Um, yeah, it ended up being, uh, I ended up finding it, uh, like, because I was mostly just, like, I play, like, a couple of missions right before bed, or as I'm winding down for the day, it ended up being a chill way to approach the game. Um, it's so weird because it reemphasizes the part, because the story is, like, kind of a nothing, and because it's like this, it reemphasizes the part where Metal Gear is a game you play, and not, uh, some corridors strung together between cutscenes, which is my enduring, as someone who, like, always ends with four and hasn't played five, my enduring memory of Metal Gear is, it's three rooms before the next hour of cutscenes. That's what Metal Gear is now in my head. And um, this game is just not that. I'm a little more gamey when it comes to Metal Gear, but you're not, not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up I, I ended up mostly thinking about it in terms of like, why? I mean, the answer is because Kojima got too tied into what Metal Gear is. but And Konami doesn't make games. But these this game suggests to me that like, a world in which Metal Gear was more of just like the mechanics of Metal Gear, you could have kept making them really easily without Kojima on board. I think you need him to tell like a Metal Gear story because these stories are not very good, but um, people can make a game about like going through some bases. It's not that hard. The Metal Gear formula is really set and it, it, yeah. it's really interesting in that I, it ends up being like the things that Kojima chooses to take out of the formula are the things I miss, but the things everyone else keeps are the things I'm like, you can get rid of that. <laughs> like, I don't ultimately care about, um, like, I, I do care about Solid Snake. I love Solid Snake. But if you want to make a game about going through a base, it doesn't even have to be a Metal Gear at the end of it. I care about going through a base and picking up a thing and then getting a key card and doing the next thing, right? That's the thing I'm interested to in Metal Gear. On some, That's like the foundational thing I care about uh, in terms of the, the design. And this game has mostly a lot of that, uh, even in this tactics form. Uh, but Kojima keeps going obviously he keeps Snake and keeps all the lore and keeps the stuff but like you know by the time you get to uh, Peace Walker and 5 I'm not finding things in bases to do to fight bosses I'm grinding my fucking management simulator to level up a rocket launcher so I can actually fight the final boss um, and that's the stuff I'm like why you could have just you had a good thing going <laughs> yeah well too bad <laughs> I just think Metal Gear is a really simple formula that works really well, and I don't understand how uh, it was abandoned so quickly. And also how, like, there's not a million ripoffs. Like, there's loads of Metroid ripoffs, but there's no Metal Gear ripoffs. Um, and I, I assume it's because Metal Gear is mostly famous for the, like, artistry and the cutscenes and, and the excess. Like, no one's ripping off Ghost Babble, even though that is proof that you can just, re- you know, reduce the formula down. Yeah. It's weird because, like, I I played about an hour of Ghost Babble, you know, not in preparation for this. I was just like, oh, I could use a little more Metal Gear. Um, That game seems real slick, but it's like we just made Metal Gear 3. (laughs) Yes, it is literally we made Metal Gear 3. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that one even more was like, you could just, there's no reason other than Konami doesn't make games that there isn't like a 10 more Metal Gears after Kojima steps away that just do a story about a guy infiltrating a base. It takes like six to 10 hours and that's it. I'd play all they of should, them. They should have turned the shit out like Castlevania. Yeah, that, that's the actual thing. Is I, I look at Ghost Babble specifically, and even even these asset games, which are like a, a different um, approach to that. And my reaction is, I think I'd rather live in the world where instead of getting 
uh, games like MGS3, which I, I adore MGS3. It's one of the best games ever made. Uh, I think it's really incredible. Uh, but I still think I'd rather live in the world where instead of getting one MGS3, we got, you know, a game of the Ghost Bubble tier that was doing interesting things every year till 2009. Yeah. Um, and I understand, like, then the door shut and development changes, but they could have lived in that world, and I, I think I'd, I think I'd rather be in it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so this is a PSP Do we game. Have to talk about the story. <laughs> no, no, no. The actual okay. thing I want to talk about is, despite being a game like with like tiny ass character models and like really simple like geometry, they sure did make sure to like put tons of boob physics in this game in a way that's like <laughs> ludicrous. This game is mostly about tits. If you want to say number one on the list, what's this game about? It's about some boobs, uh, Venus's boobs, and uh, the Doctor's boobs. And I looked it up. She's twenty-seven. <laughs> She's uh, twenty-seven. Years- no, not his boobs. No. Oh, sorry, Takayama. <laughs> Takayama. Sorry, I was just looking at the list of characters. <laughs> um, uh, hilarious. Uh, first of all, the designs are just already extra. Like this uh, science milf is ludicrous. Uh, she's just like she's just like what if Otacon was jugged up? That's yes. her. That's her character. Literally, her her whole like story is like it's kind of Ritsuko, but it's also extremely just Otacon being like I I had to work on this thing and it was used for evil and now I'm gonna do my best to help. But blah blah blah, boring, dumb shit. <laughs> I feel like um, one of the uh, the ways in which like this game being and this is mostly narratively, but this game narratively being so bad. Uh, not even bad, just being so empty uh, and making me miss Kojima reveals the things uh, whereas I often remember Kojima as being kind of dumb and stupid because everyone is he so... Is. He is. Because he is. But like the, the reception of him is so overblown. Um, yeah. But playing this, I'm like, oh right, I do like Kojima sometimes. Not in Death Stranding, but like in Metal Gear. Uh, and the difference between the character design of like Takayama, which is just ludicrous booby Otacon, and uh, Strangelove, who is no less horny, but in a very different way in yeah. terms of what they think cool horny scientists are. This just feels so like basic. I I, un- I understand. I, you know, I'm sh- I know I have many friends who are into this. I'm not a- I'm not saying I'm above the booby milf scientist. Uh, but it is definitely uh, very expected. Then Venus is also like uh, just got a ludicrous, um, you know, ghost in the shell suit, but has a strap right under her boobs that they so they bounce in every single cutscene. Um, yeah, it, it's specifically the like, you know, the lovingly rendered boob physics on these character models that are like otherwise relatively like, you know, sparse. It just feels incongruous in a way that's like weird and goofy because like everyone, it's like you know they're they're like their low poly models is kind of like a cell shaded effect so it ends up feeling very like kids game but then the metal gear stuff happens where the ladies are all hot girls with bouncy boobs and it's like it just seems like anime in a way that metal gear is is not pulling from in the same way because kojima's old and has old sensibilities yes this is this is some mid-2000s anime is happening yeah um and also because of the PSP, the animations are like they have they they, they can't they don't have the like model count to articulate the boobs, so it's just like a single like rectangle going up and down on everyone's chest. Yes. It's so funny. Uh video game horny has uh, changed in, in the times. Yep. Yeah. Uh Venus is such a weird character because she shows up and she's just immediately more useful than Snake. 
Um, <laughs> she gets three moves by default. She has less yes. health, but who gives a shit? If you're doing it right, you're not going to get shot that much. Uh, three moves is so much more than two moves. You think, oh, it's just one more move. No, it's life-changing. I had a... Um, I think it was a i think it was one of the like password cards that i got um that would give me like four actions if i'd pull it so like it just raised snake up to four moves um yes every turn and that one's fucking great use that all the time every time one of those came up like early in the cycle i would all just yeah. pop immediately just go let's yeah. go yeah this this whole this whole map is solved now because i can move double speed yeah you just seek you see a guy and then run out of his range it's fine yep uh yeah the part where knockdown and fire and like knocking guys off le ledges ends up being really powerful i think is like cool because it makes it it gives the game like a positional interest like there's a bit like you like they you can do tandem moves as once you get both characters or like you fire and then they're like i'm gonna support you and fire too and that's all really cool i like when that happens uh so guess what's not an mgs one and metal your acid one the the team up moves the t um, specifically the positional like uh, CQC stuff. Um, oh damn, that's that's a shame because I think it's some of the most interesting stuff in the game. Like getting a free move of CQC as part of your move option yeah. is a new invention for two. Um, and it you just run up to a guy, like pop him with like your last m movement, and then soften him up for your next character to shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> yes yes that that's that part is new and really does help you out um it makes yeah. the first game even slower that's the big God. change that speeds up the game damn uh that stuff's all cool the, the part that's not cool is when the game tries to be like metal gear reverent where like eventually you'll pick up the fucking uh rocket launcher with the guided missiles and it like wants you to fire them down corridors to blow up electronic panels just like metal gear solid and it's miserable in a fucking <laughs> turn-based game i understand why they do this like it is uh interesting right As we want to formally translate metal gear to this new format and yeah. sometimes it's hilarious like we're doing this, this shootout on a car in a card game but sometimes it's we're doing makita missiles yeah the thing with the, the thing with those missiles is um if your elevation is not correct or you're lined up wrong and the thing explodes you just lose the card so you're just fucked you're like i get one shot at this yeah it just it just doesn't work as well as uh, no as you'd want yep um but when it's just like we've got two guys and we're just like slowly mowing through an entire facility, that part feels sick. Like I didn't spend a lot of this game like stealthing I, it, it, other than like I didn't want to get shot, caught before I shot those guys to death, which is a great way to play this game. I mean, ste stealthing does not mean nonviolence. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I'm I'm never non-lethal in Metal Gear. I used to be back in the day when I first started playing. I was like, wait, it's actually way more fun to use all my tools. I don't care. I can get through the river when it's full of guys. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I've mostly, when I play Metal Gear, play on the harder difficulty and use all my tools. Yeah. Um, I just think that's the interesting way to play. And uh, I'm not playing on the harder difficulty here, but I am still using my tools. Um, and it's definitely designed in a way of like, because of this card-based game, because these actions all matter, uh, it really reminds me... Um, of like yeah, okay. this is this is not an actual thing that reminds me of this is my limited reference set but i assume it this applies more broadly to things i haven't played uh but like you know in front of the table when there's a mixed success every card leaves with a mixed success nothing quite kill guys always in one hits yeah um so i assume this is similar to like broad tabletop design philosophy that i'm not familiar with that's just the way one reference point of like 
I'm always just like, if I had one more thing, if I had one more move, I could fucking get these guys. And then when I have four moves a turn, then I can get the guys. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just so often on the very edge of just being able to pull something off. And sometimes it would go bad and sometimes I'd, I'd get out and feel very good. Uh, and it was very satisfying. Yeah. Um, we liked a tactics game. That's what happened. We, we liked a card-based yeah. deck-building tactics game. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Sometimes they try to, like, do Metal Gear-style gimmicks with the, the mechanics of the card game. So, like, if you get hit with, like, um, like fire extinguisher, like, smoke or, like, fog, your cards will be covered up and you can't, like, see what, what they're, what's happening with them. Um, and that's kind of goofy and fun. There's a ridiculous... During the Metal Gear fight, there's a bit where, like, the the broadcast of the communications lets you see the metal gear cards and i was like oh so you're supposed to like know what they're doing and like plan against it but they all they have unique ass metal gear cards you've never seen before they just like uses in like a very set order so it's not actually that difficult to just discern the you're already discerning battle patterns of every other boss where you don't see their cards it was very silly it just seemed like an excuse to show off metal gear cards <laughs> yeah it was just like an aesthetic um yeah hit and then in the final boss when you fight venus um she takes your like she is like i'm gonna clone your deck and i'll fight against you with your deck which um i thought was going to be really cool except for the part where you're on a catwalk and i'm like well what if i could just kick her off <laughs> ended the shit in three turns it's so funny it's so funny um i almost i i think it's better for having it that way because it, it is the classic end of metal gear thing and not just metal gear but like end of every video game ever thing oh they the really wanted is... snake versus the boss for this well, yeah, right but this is all, all games right like the yeah. big guy is defeated now it's a one-on-one -on -one duel with your rival um narratively whatever like a not quite yeah. a shadow fight but dante versus virgil snake versus the boss uh classic fights in video games and it is accurate to that because I'm weak to getting knocked off, but she's weak to getting knocked off. I knock her off. So yeah. that is in the purest distillation of the mechanics of the game. I can't fault them for it going that way. Yep. Um, also, Venus in cutscenes has like insta kill shurikens. She does not get to use those in the video game. <laughs> Ludicrous. They do seem very useful. They seem really. They, she should have a card that just like you, you kill a guy. You got a fucking shuriken. You shirk him in the face. Nope. It takes like you'd even just like make it like oh it takes two actions and has like twenty cost. I don't care. I'd fucking murder guys with it. Uh, you don't need cost when there's only one guy ahead of you and you can just wait for it to run down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is a lot of that where like I think the size of the levels works against some of the things where like I would like this game more if it was more concentrated on smaller levels where you're not really uh, refreshing your deck yeah like more like, like even more a puzzle game in that sense yeah once you once you clear a hallway you can just kind of wait as long as you need if you just wanted to like wait to shuffle your deck again before you go into the next area you could just do that because like the guys aren't coming they're they don't like they only patrol in their little zones and so you'll just like sit there and you can do whatever you want you can heal you can get your best weapons in your hand and uh before yeah you, you can theoretically you, want to waste you can time. get your entire hand back yeah yeah um which is i guess fine it makes sense in a metal gear where metal gear is not very punishing you can do a lot of things like that in regular metal gear uh -huh. um but I, I i do would prefer the like version where it's far more focused puzzly levels of like instead of being six corridors i would just have one corridor this much deck how do i use these things to solve this one problem ahead of me mm. um is where i think the strength of the game is where i'm making like okay i have three guys but two guns and i'm you know must decide which to prioritize and stuff like that 
whether it's worth it to lay down a um, claymore, it usually isn't. It sets off the alarm. <laughs> I never fucking use those. I use I... grenades. Uh, the thing I like to do, because grenades take a while, is throw the grenade at a guard's feet and then shoot the grenade. <laughs> yes, that, yep, uh-huh, yep, everyone does that. That's known, yeah. known tactic. Yeah, it's um, great. <laughs> the claymore thing, I was like, I was like, okay, if I'm going to sneak around this corridor, and I'll put the claymore down so he can't follow me, but it will set off the alarm so it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, because using the reflection thing, panels, I thought those were really neat. Yeah, they're pretty cool. We're, they're like they're like angled panels in the corners of rooms where you can like shoot them, and the bullet will ricochet at like ninety degrees, so you can shoot around corners. It's very neat. It was very useful because that's the real thing you're trying. Because sight lines are so important. Yeah. Um, and even more because in regular Metal Gear, you can shimmy around corners enough that you can basically always shoot a guy without him seeing you at the right angle. Uh-huh. Uh, but there, there are only right angles in this game. So, like, when you're diagonal to a guy shooting around the corner, you even get a penalty when you're like right to diagonal through a corner. Yeah. Um. You got to. So yes. When they start introducing those panels, it's like yes, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Game's just mostly really fun. Um. Yeah. It made me sad. Metal Gear's dead. <laughs> Again. It really did. It really did. Oh, I should play that Unmetal game. Is that the one? Because there, there was that terrible um roguelike ages ago. That one sucked. Uh. But I know there's, there's Unmetal, I think, which is an indie game based on older Metal Gear games. Uh, the oh, story with a healthy like a... dose of humor and satire. Yes, so yes. You don't the, sto- play it. the story seems like a fucking terrible. Oh, this thing. this is just a fucking Metal Gear. They just but made the Metal vi- Gear. yes, the video game is like I might have a good time. I don't know why you would turn uh, the story into a joke. That I, I don't want that. That's just the mode in which all these retro games operate. I hate it. I want to. Yeah, me too. I just want another story. Just be very honest about your base you're infiltrating. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else? Or should we get to emails? Because I think we're pretty good. <laughs> we did not talk about the story once. What's there to talk about? You summarized it. I have I nothing to I say. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Let's just go. <laughs> you can listen to our beach house on Evangelion if you would like to know <laughs> our thoughts about what happens when a scientist goes too far and uh, tries to recreate his dead wife. <laughs> Evangelion is better than this. It's definitely better than this. <laughs> 150%. Just watch Evangelion and skip the... Nah, I mean, you know what? Actually, yes, you can totally skip the cutscenes game. There's nothing worthwhile here. Um, thank God, though, you can hold triangle and skip the goddamn cutscenes. Yeah. Can't do that in acid. God. All right. <laughs>
if you'd like to send us uh, emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they can be about anything, not just the things we're covering. We have 16 of these motherfuckers. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. So we're going to go kind of fast. Uh, Matron writes in, uh, Metal Gear Acid 2 has a menu where you can put in cheat codes on like cards and the solid eye bikini videos. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I thought it was funny that the code to unlock the MGS4 card was just next gen. What is your favorite cheat code or cheat code input? Uh, also, what's your favorite? Why did they put this here feature a la the solid eye bikini videos? Uh, my favorite cheat code, not like what it, the, the code itself was. Um, San Francisco Rush is a racing game. Uh, it was an arcade game. And then I played the 64 version. But that was like a, it was like an outrun style checkpoint game where you're like, you know, you race and you have to get to the next checkpoint by the time time runs out. So you get time extended, blah, blah, blah. And the home game was like that too, but there was a code to just turn off the time. Um, so you could just drive around and off road and stuff. And when you did that for the home version, they just put in new geometry, like off the, off the road. There was like a whole like hidden underground stunt course. If you just drove like into like an underground area that was just, you have to put in the code cause you can never reach it otherwise. Um, and you could just fuck around in there. And I, I always, I love that. I spent hours doing that. Um, cause I played games like a normal person when I was a kid. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yep. Um, ooh, I, I, I don't have it. Like, I, I remember doing Sims, right? I'm a rosebud. Uh, What's a I rosebud? remember at money and put money in Sims. I don't have, like, oh, okay. a, I, I only know the really, just like, here's the cheat to unlock the levels. Here's the cheat to give you money. I don't actually know, like, really super interesting cheats because, you know, I'm playing on the PS2 <laughs> era yeah, and later and cheats enough. are starting to become less and less prominent. Yep. I did a lot of, this isn't really a cheat, but I did a lot of, um, there's a bit in uh, Link's Awakening where in the first dungeon, if you uh, go down into like the 2D area or the side scrolling area, um, but then jump up like a minute you do the screen transition, you'll like zone out of the map. And people use this for like speed run sequence break glitch stuff now. But as a kid, I just like discovered this weird glitch zone and I just liked exploring it, not knowing they would get you anywhere. Um, but I did a lot of that. Um, my favorite why they put this here feature is actually from a Metal Gear game. It's the fucking uh taking shots of the ladies doing their work from vr missions oh god because i wasn't really like aware of anime that much and i was like what is this why why is this why are you just taking photos of ladies now you know now i know um rival schools for the ps1 uh had a thing where um my favorite character is the doctor uh she's like the school nurse named kyoko she's a doctor she's an actual doctor i think but um there is like a feature where uh, she would give the character a therapeutic massage by the controller rumbling and you could set the weird vibrations. That was the most like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, of course, man, yeah. video games. The PS1, you could do anything back then. Uh, um, Crass writes in. Crass is the reason we did this. Crass has been pushing us to play, even not for an episode, just play Metal Gear Acid for years, as long as I've known Crass. Uh, but they write in, um, played hundreds of hours. This is a teen, unlocked every card, beat every VR mission, just couldn't get enough of the how do I get out of this jam with these cards gameplay. But I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the solid eye peripheral. <laughs> Let's go! Which, which is the, sh the cardboard polarized lenses that came packed with the game that you would then turn into a viewfinder to put on your PSP screen. Um, from a gameplay standpoint, it enlarged the image, made it a mild 3D effect. 
based on the interviews and behind the scenes videos, this is the thing Kojima really wanted them to put in the game. He didn't give a shit about did. the rest of it. Yeah, that's how, he loves stupid bullshit that doesn't matter. Now, while it did almost nothing in the game, the porn mags you collect in Acid 2 also unlocked 3D uh, gravure vids of women in vaguely military bikinis. Um, and they all seem much more thought out and better utilized than the Solid Eye accessory. Uh, this is all to say that Metal Gear Acid 2 is the most Metal Gear game in the series. It's funny because, like, the actual thing, because I, I immediately, like, was just going through the menu, so I was like, what's the Solid Eye thing? And I booted up, I was like, oh, fuck, Google Cardboard. Like, you can do this on YouTube videos now. <laughs> Still. Yes. You can set them in this terrible bifurcated mode that's meant to be used with the cardboard thing you slap your phone into that Google is really pushing as their alternative to VR when the Oculus first came out. Um, and a lot of YouTube videos still have that option. Like, I don't, I don't think people are making new videos that do it, but you used to be able to just upload videos that would do that. Um, ludicrous. The king behind transferring has done it again. Yeah. Um, figured it out. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> I love that he's like really into this. And also the thing you mostly look at it for is to look at uh, not quite porn, but Gravier stuff, right? Like yeah. this is when you remember like, oh, Kojima really wanted the Beauty uh, and the Beast crew to be fucking naked. Wow. Yeah. On some level, Kojima really just is like a doujin game maker who made it big. <laughs> yes. And God bless him for it, I guess. That's this. No, that's the endearing side of him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Andrew writes in, I was listening to episode 115 the other night. You, you stated no Zelda game has good box art. I beg to differ. Majora's Mask has great box art across the board. Um, <laughs> as far as my question, what aesthetic do you like more between Kirby's Dream Land 3 and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island? Do you know um, what Kirby's Dream Land 3 looks like? I'm Googling many things. I'm Googling several things right now. <laughs> so I know what Yoshi's Island looked like. Yes. Um... Uh, oh, I, I've seen Kirby's Dream Land 3. Uh, I would um, say th this looks better than Yoshi's Island. I kind of find Yoshi's Island a little gross. I um, I prefer Yoshi's Island. I think the I think there's like a an energy to the animation when Yoshi's Island's showing off that Kirby... I mean, Kirby is more pleasant. Oh, It's like a more coherent like vision overall, I agree. Um, but Yoshi's Island, when it fucking like, is doing like the Raphael Raven fight or all the cool like uh, scaling or touch fuzzy, get dizzy, is just so much more inventive about like, we've got special chips, we're going to fucking go for it. Um, in a way that Dreamland 3 just isn't. I think uh, Yoshi's Island's incredible. Game's alright. Like, I don't, I don't love, love the game, but um, looks yeah, great. I mean, I, I, I absolutely see what you mean. I, I just found it like a little too detailed and a bit much. Um, yeah. But uh, it's definitely showing off for the SNES. Um, okay, so the Majora's Mask box art. The original 64 box art is boring. Uh, I mean, the Japanese box art's sick. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here do, to talk about it. They do say the that except the original US release in 64. Yeah. Um, the Majora's Mask 3D box art is exceptional. You are correct. I can't deny this one. It's got a big scary moon in the background. Yeah, it's like... But it's also like... We're going to pretend that this Zelda game is like a sick-ass uh, anime. It's not. <laughs> it's got this whole ensemble shot, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I bet some of these are characters. I don't think every NPC here... I mean, is all, these, all these are characters. Most, like, there's, like, all of the Link forms are in here, but, like, okay. I know who everyone is here. But also, it's still, like, it's still Majora's Mask. It's, like, a slow, sad game about doing side quests. Yeah, it's not it like this literally looks like he's about to like demon slayer the moon which i i would play that game but that's not what majora's mask is uh, no 
Um, all right. Uh, Autumn writes in, you've been tasked with creating the next Kingdom Hearts. Me? You, you must make a series of games that cross over two brands, but you can't make action RPGs that cross over Disney and Square. What brands do you cross over in what genre of video game? Oh, the next Kingdom Hearts, not the next Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, are all three of them off the table? You can't make an action RPG. You can't use Disney. You can't use is Square. It, I understand I can't use Disney Square, but can I use an action RPG with someone else? Or does it have to be? No, it cannot be an action RPG. Oh, God damn it. Turn-based RPG. Uh, you, you just don't like any other genre, so it's going to be real fucked up like for you. I just like Just the RPG bastard. Um, okay. Uh... And it has to be on one side a video game and one side a brand. Um, it just said two brands, so what you brands? Can, you know, they don't have to be video game brands. That's true. Or they could both be video game brands. I don't care. That part's up to you. Um, I just I'm, I've I've got two of the three. I just need the 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 third the third piece of the puzzle. Um, unless you've got one and you want a game. Uh, <laughs> uh, the brands is the real tricky part. Brands is the tricky part because I, I know I want like I want like an Animal Crossing style life simulation game. Um, but who the what the pure mixture of brands is is the problem. Uh, yeah. Like, who has uh, the ensemble of characters that I feel really, like, passionate about? And then I'm like, well, the, the goofy answer, but it, it isn't actually funny other than to people who grew up in the 90s, is uh, the Dragon Ball Z Sailor Moon life simulation game, where they exist in the same universe. Uh, I want a, like, super detailed point-and-click adventure crossover of uh, Star Trek and Doctor Who. <laughs> I literally thought about Star Trek and Doctor Who would be funny, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> So good, we nailed it. We got the two. <laughs> I, I I can't really say this because I haven't I haven't played Fate, but I want like uh, a like version of it, the the concept of Fate, where it's bringing heroes but from a different brand. I'm trying to find out who what brand is like, and I guess it would be. I the problem is this would be an action RPG, so it's kind of cheating. Is but... Goku a caster? This is my question. Someone write it. No, actually, do not write in about this. Uh, this is just, is Ryu a wizard? But for fate-pilled people, but Goku's a caster. I guess that's what I want. I want, like, a... what? Not, I don't want any of the characters from fate. I want the mechanics of fate for various anime people. Yeah. There you go. Okay, is that, like, is Project Exo in that? Probably. Probably close enough. You can't buy it. That's video game people, but that is video game people. What if your um, uh, fate warrior was uh, Phoenix Wright? Yeah. What if Phoenix Wright woke up and and was you had to do cooking? <laughs> that sounds all right. Uh, Eric writes in. Uh, what's the furthest you've gotten into a game before intentionally abandoning it, losing touch with the game, or going, "I need to get back to that"? Uh, doesn't count. I'm talking about games where at some point you're like, "Enough is enough. This game sucks," and quit. Um, every, I get about, I get very close to the end of like every Crash Bandicoot and go, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's fucking not worth it. This game's too hard now. <laughs> I'm trying to think is like, there are many, many games that I've just kind of like lost t- 
touch with yes. Eddie Alzheimer. Yeah, yeah. That just happens. But I'm like, there has to be an example where I'm going, fuck this! In the last one, I know there's a game, but I don't remember what it is off the top of my head that I literally got to like right before the end of the video game. I was like, I'm done. Fuck this. I could have like pushed through and beaten it in an hour and I didn't. And I don't remember what game that is off the top of my head. I remember you telling me about this. Don't remember what game it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do this a lot. I, I I'm trying to approach games a little more healthily. Where like if I'm if I'm not enjoying myself, I'm just gonna stop. Um, and there's some games where I know that the thing that over like I'm just in a period that sucks, and if I push forward, the game will get good again. But usually, I don't think that's true in games, and I'm rather just drop it. There's I've got eight thousand games to play in my life, and I will never get to all of them. And honestly, I'd rather be spending my time doing anything else anyway. So, um, goodbye, video game. Uh, yes, I'm doing one quick crown calculation to see if I can see, but I don't. I don't think I have a good answer. Okay, um, I'm gonna move on to the next question while you do that. Um, oh, I can't sort by. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's not. It's not happening regardless. <laughs> okay, Eve writes in. I want to know what are the most rewarding and frustrating trophies or achievements you've completed. Uh, Eve was landing on the sun station manually in Outer Wilds. Uh, took forever to do. Um, Genuinely, honestly. Honest to God, can't remember the last time I intentionally did an achievement. Well, so so this was most... I don't want to finish. Uh, this was most rewarding for Eve. Most frustrating was the Platinum for Persona for Golden, which took 250 hours. Yeah, I can imagine it would. Yeah. Yeah. Printed out Game FAQ's pages for the walkthrough to get through that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know? The, the thing is, is that... <laughs> we've talked about this before. Um, I used to, like, 100% RPGs... But in a world before achievements were like, you had to define that for yourself, what that meant to you. Like, there wasn't like, here's the conditions that meet equal platinum, 100%. Um, and so uh, there are some things where I'd be like, really, like, I, when I played seven in my like 100% file, I had a mastered version of every material on every character, like the master summon, master magic. Holy fuck. <laughs> master command, which would never be an achievement. But also... I'm not that like whenever there's like a you know beat this timer under three minutes. I never want to do it. like who gives a shit. I don't care whatever you know. Um, it's weird the things that I would consider 100, percent but like games often considered stuff that I would never consider important. Uh, part of their 100. percent um, Like the one in Lost Odyssey, if you open every treasure chest, I don't give a fuck. Those are all duplicate items. Who gives a shit? As, if yeah, I've learned all the skills and everyone's at level 99 and I've seen all of the uh, memories, I'm 100 percent of the game. Yes. Putting in formal 100% counters kind of messed us up. Yeah. I'm glad that I went through my phase where I had the time to do this before achievements because I would have fallen down this road and been this. I mean, I was printing out, you know, do like dozens, if not hundreds of Game of Fakes pages to do this, but on my own terms, <laughs> not for a damn achievement. <laughs> yes. Um, most frustrating to me is probably that one for, um, for, uh, for Lost Odyssey because I didn't get it. I never got it. You didn't get it. I remember this one. Yeah. You, yeah. There was a chest, chest somewhere in the world you couldn't find. Um, the most rewarding for me, um, I remember losing my mind uh, the day I got the smile achievement in Geometry Wars 2 back in the day. Oh, God. Which is, there's a one mode where it's like a grid of different conditions. I think it's like a five by three grid. And there's an achievement for failing mo I think it's failing most of them, but the green ones have to form a smiley face out of the image. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and I did that one, and I thought that was super fucking sick. Um, I tried to do it once I got my uh, Series X. Mm -mm, not happening. I'm not who I was when I was like 21, 22. No, those reaction times. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of good ones for me. Like, I guess, like, you know, when I when I beat Lingering Will, that's not necessarily... I probably would probably pop that achievement. I turned them off. I don't know. Um, yep. But that is, like, a thing I did that I'm very proud of. Um, all my old Ninja Gaiden run-throughs, beating it on hard and getting halfway through very hard. And I, I never yep. beat it on very hard, even though I probably could. Um, stuff like that. Like, I, I do enjoy the challenge, challenge runs. Um, most frustrating is probably just getting that fucking drop in Earthbound. Oh, yeah. Pre-achievements, but yeah. Just, I just... I, cause, you know, I was on a time crunch playing that game. I just spent four hours getting. You don't the... need to. You don't need to. Those drops I... are not that important. And yet, I did it. <laughs> um, did you get all? You only got one of them, right? I only got one. Yeah, you were. I assume you were going for Ness's bat, or was it Pooh's sword? It, it was six years. It was 2015, seven years ago. Ask me anything. Okay. <laughs> I just remember um, being in that one bit, waiting for like a real low percent drop for ages. <laughs> Ness's bat is the most important, but Pooh's only weapon is that star sword. It was probably Ness's bat would be my yeah. guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, Aiden writes in, are there any other games you wish came with themed cardboard accessories? Uh, I would like to say for the record, before we start this, um, Nintendo fucking just whiffed on Labo real bad, huh? Like that was a cool idea. I liked Labo. Um, Demo, the rhythm game uh, for Switch had like a Labo set of songs that you would play with the piano. Like just like, oh, if you have this piano, you can play all these songs with using the piano. And that was sick. Um, I don't know why they didn't keep doing that. <laughs> I, you, you said they whiffed in it. I don't think they whiffed in it. I think they just did it. I, didn't, I, I genuinely think to Nintendo, like, well, we did that and now we're done with it. I, I think that's I know. how they operate. I just wish they had like any sort of follow through with yes. any of their stuff ever. <laughs> Because I agree, any other company, I'd say, oh, they they tried that and failed. But I I don't no, even no, no. Think like it sold really cares. well, but then they never they never came yeah. back to it really. Fucking classic Nintendo. Yeah. Um. So m- more and more interesting Labo would be my answer. Um. I don't really want cardboard bullshit with anything. Like oh, I appreciate. I haven't played it, but remember, let's tap. Remember, Man, I was just was about to say, idea. remember, let's tap. <laughs> <laughs> I bet let's uh, tap is pretty fun, actually. Probably. don't know why like it's it's like a crazy game to pay money for but um uh i i generally speaking i don't want cardboard shit coming with my video game that's that's yeah. a pretty good rule uh dia sends in a nightmare email as usual with boxes and horses and helmets and crosses um but in between all of these emojis uh and metals sorry and metals i want to make sure i grab all the emojis here would you stack your deck with D horses if the Cold War turned hot is Dia's question. Um, I guess I would. It's we didn't really talk about it, but the uh one of my favorite genuinely favorite I was delighted every time the in the game is the uh ads for the new card packs when they drop in the shop. I think they're so fucking cool. <laughs> yes. Because um, it just shows up with like a little cartoon character's like, oh, we've got Metal Gear Solid 3 packs now. CQC, the Cold War. It's great. <laughs> this is like, there's like a three year window where this can even exist because uh, and they're not trying it before. And on the other side of it, um, it's monetized. So it's hell. Yeah. Uh, like a, like a, a modern Metal Gear Acid, you know what that is. It's on phones. It's terrible. Everyone hates it. Well, it's weird um, because like you do like xenoblade chronicles 2 exists right like that, that's a game that like put a gotcha in a game but there's no like i guess it's, that's it's like a fake I guess, gotcha <laughs> i guess some rpgs are still living this life uh yeah. the crisis core dream where they're yeah. putting a gotcha in the game they're putting gambling in it but purely as an aesthetic mechanical choice in a closed system yeah there's no way to dr- dump money into it you can't wail in xenoblade chronicles 2 <laughs> no um it, it made me think like and it like it's one of my I like the legacy pack where you start getting like Metal Gear characters and guns where like my my best weapon on Snake 
was a couple fucking sprites of an assault rifle <laughs> and it was always so very good. funny so good yeah the goofy stuff is just so fun um it's just a cool like oh right metal gear fan service i like metal gear i like all these guys i like when yeah. the fury shows up when i burn someone yeah it, but it makes me sad that we this this whole franchise is dead where you're not there's not an acid where you're pulling the skull face card out of a five pack i mean do i want Here's i do the thing. i it, like if i could stack d horses and skull faces i think that would be great actually so you do want the modern metal gear fan service where everything's folded in yeah, I mean, Mi- liquid I would snake like, I would as like a child is there. That has this stuff in it. Yeah, um, Huey is there. Yeah, there's Sunny cards. <laughs> there's Sunny cards, and there's Raytheon Sunny cards. There's Raytheon Sunny cards. Uh, I just the the problem is I think about I just think about um, how far fu- I guess I guess Metal Gear was always fucked up, but for some reason to me Huey putting Strange Love in the AI. AI tank and killing her uh it's like so beyond the pale that i'm like the idea of funny huey stuff is like ludicrous to me if you the thing the thing actually i'd want if this franchise had continued is uh getting rid of the you spend currency to just upgrade the cards and i want to feed card to cards to get them to evolve uh you, there would be so many subsystems if this came out now even if i want i want to i want to put i want to put two sunnies together and get raytheon sunny and she's an ssr <laughs> Um, God, I guess if you, you if get... you uncap if you uncap Strange Love, you get robotic dead Strange Love. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. I mean, the, the one thing I did want to note about the story is that the story's stupid concept of uh, putting the wife in the machine to make the Metal Gear go with the power of a uh, human emotion. Kojima steals this. Yes, <laughs> this yeah, is the plot of Facebook. He just does this again. <laughs> Um, Adam asks us a question that we absolutely cannot answer, which is if you could add any card from another deck builder in Metal Gear Acid, what would it be? Not played another deck builder. I guess I played uh, Chain of Memories, but nah. Name me a card from Chain of Memories. Keyblade, number nine. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because it's also like Top Trumps yes. in that, and it's all about getting the nut. Man, I, I enjoy Chain of Memories, but that's a way more baby game deck builder than this one. Um, but also I find that one way more stressful than I found this. I'll be honest. That's because it's like in real time. Yeah. Um, Pilver writes in, what do you think it adds? Uh, what if anything, do you think it adds to a game to present a set of options as cards? If you're required to play a game involving physical cards and willing participants, what would it be? Um, no, no. I briefly, when Pokemon came out and I was really into Pokemon, I was like, oh, they're, they're putting on a card game. I'll get into it. And that that did not last very. One, I didn't have friends to play with. I didn't, you know, I wasn't. I was a kid. I couldn't go anywhere to do stuff. Um, just no, absolutely not. And also, it costs so much money. It costs so much money. Uh, yes, I remember the, being. Uh, in the same way, I'm like, I feel like I'm immune to gambling because I like gaming too much. Um, and then I'm like, if I just want the dopamine to have, go hit, I'll play Peggle. Like I don't need, I don't need to go to casino for this. Um, I'm also, if I'm like. If I want to see the numbers go up and beat some guys, I can just play an RPG. Why would I get into a collectible card game that has to take all of my money? That's so true. <laughs> um. Anyway, like I think we, I think I mentioned, I like the way in which it, it encourages you to make do with what you've got, and you can't just like cheese it by being good at the game. I mean, I guess like tactically, there are probably people who could do things I can't do in in Acid, 
but I can't just like walk through and headshot the guys in acid the way I can in actual Metal Gear. I still have we, to engage with the systems. This it's probably um, our fault for not doing this ahead of time, but we we you know we often do this. After this episode, we should go and watch like a Metal Gear Acid Two speed run. <laughs> oh God! Right? Yeah. <laughs> because um, sometimes we do sometimes like a nice like gdq run or something we're like let's see what this is this game is like broken and we're just like wow well uh, i bet acid is up future, there. future voip life content maybe if it's any yeah maybe so. we want that one yeah absolutely um autumn right saying what's your ideal genre for a batman video game i love arkham asylum but i do think batman could be a lot of different things besides just metroidvania beat em up sections and stealth sections the problem is can it, can i it? do really like metroidvania as a beat em up sections and stealth sections I would just I would take out the beat 'em up sections. I think you could make a moody just a stealth uh, game. Yeah, Batman game where there's like some stealth, but mostly just like exploring, being Batman, solving some point and click Batman game writes itself. Like I'm not talking about the Telltale thing because Telltale wasn't making adventure games at that point; they're making fucking movies. Um, I could I could see a point and click Batman be pretty sick, actually. Yeah. I've played like I've played like a lot of the classic Batman games, draw like side scrolling at beat 'em ups, which are fine. They're fun. I played Batman Begins. That's much more of a focused stealth game. That's fine too, um, but they're not that interesting. Um, I want Paper Mario, but it's like the whole Bat family. Um, the um, I mean, it's not an RPG, but the uh, Batman Brave and the Bold game is kind of that. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm I I see you and like Lizzie and everyone posting screenshots of that line comic. Um, oh yes, and I'm like, you could easily do like a, if you want to go in a different direction, you could just do like a kind of charming, uh, Bat Family game, like family game. It could be a Paper Mario, it could be a platform. I don't really care the genre, but you could do that real easy. Yep. Yeah. Batman RPG would be pretty sick, actually. The problem, I, I didn't want to go that way because I was like, it's cheating. I want everything to be an RPG. I would love an yeah. RPG of any, you can tell me, you tell me you're making Star Trek. I'm like, you can make Star Trek RPG. You can do it really this is, this is the same way I'm like, oh, point and click adventure game. Absolutely. Right. Done. Um, Benjamin writes in, not to talk about Acid, but to talk about a little bit about Metal Gear Solid uh, Ghost Babble, uh, which is, uh, you know, a way to put, uh, Benjamin says the mechanics of the original PlayStation game, but actually it's straight up just the, any, I mean, I guess there's some stuff that's out of the, because Soliton Radar is not in the, the MSX. It's in two. It? It's in two. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Um, do you, but the question is: Do you favor adaptations or reinventions when a console game gets a portable version? Do you prefer them to produce the experience as close as possible, or go to completely new direction with mechanics that might fit a handheld mobile platform like Acid better? I really think it depends on the game. I ideally would like you to explore both, like make multiple yes. games. I mean, the answer is portable games. They were churning them out like fucking every year. So you could just get both a lot of times. Yes. They would have to do different things. and different, Yeah. You, you would get uh, so many weird attempts at different things because portable yeah. games. Yeah. Um, but generally, I would say I'd rather have uh, the, the completely new direction because like I'm never going to play the Uncharted Vita game. That's not interesting to me at all. Like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> Um, no, God, yeah, by the, by the Vita when they're just putting Uncharted on, on a goddamn handheld, it's like, what? There's two, there's two PSP God of War games. I don't want to play either of those. Why? Why would I bother with that? Sometimes people are like, those are the good ones. Maybe. I don't, I don't believe you. I believe you were 12 and had a PSP. Um, but that's not the same (laughs) thing. Not my problem. It's your problem. I mean, yeah, cause that, that was the promise of the PSP was you can put PS2 games on the go. Yeah. 
but they're like not the same games and they play a little worse. They look definitely look worse. So what are you going to, but I do remember the time, like that was the, you know, when I went to my friend's house and played in, in, who had a PSP, I, you know, a few people did. And the occasion that I would play someone else's PSP, usually you'd play like Liberty city stories. It's a fucking GTA on the PSP. It's crazy. Yeah. I had a DS and I didn't get a PSP till way later when it, the RPGs became like the persona four endurance run happened. And I got a PSP to play persona three portable. <laughs> yes. Because um, um, yeah, the, the shift to the RPGs happens later. Yeah, um, because the type of game I liked stopped being on consoles, basically, and so I was forced into a PSP. I wanted to play some fucking old ass RPGs. Um, you still do? Yep, I do. That's true. Um, now it's golf games. I put Hot Shots Golf Two on my PSP. I also put Hot Shots Golf Two on my PSP. Haven't be- booted it yet, but it is on there. <laughs> I, I played a bit of everybody's golf on the um, PS4 because the servers are going offline it's soon. It's not the same thing. It's not as good. And I was like, "There's, there's too much RPG stuff." Like your, your yeah. um, and I honestly, I quite, I quite like the way the RPG stuff is like you upgrading your, um, you know, your clubs, but it's also based around funneling you into an end game gotcha for S tier clubs. Yes. Uh, so it's fucking awful. I'm like, I wonder if I just play the PSP version. I bet it's exactly the same game. And guess what? It is. You didn't lose anything going back in time. Good. Um, Danny writes in, I remember when I played through the mainline Metal Gear Solid games, they came out, I ranked them three, one, four, two. However, going back and reconsidering them, uh, either my taste would change, or younger me was dub- just dumb. Now I have a completely different ranking. Two, one, four, three. Um, <laughs> to which I go to both I'm these lists. What the fuck you. is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> these rankings are beautiful because I'm like, oh, three, four, one, two. That's stupid. Then two, four, one, three. That's stupid. Oh, <laughs> I- I'm going to go into the Discord and have a fight with you later. <laughs> why-, why is Metal Gear Solid 4 above anything? Is my question so much true. less the two greatest games of all time? <laughs> to the the swapping having two at the bottom is like oh, and then having three at the bottom, I'm like, what's happened? Wait, why? What are you? I, hey, I think I three see now. three at the bottom more than two at the bottom. Two at the bottom is nonsense to me. <laughs> you see three at the bottom more than two at the bottom. Yeah, because why? the thing is, the thing is, if you don't like the open world like stealth stuff in three, or if you just don't vibe with like '60s Cold War or whatever, uh, three doesn't have anything for you. Yes, if you don't like everything good about the video game, I guess. <laughs> I'm but just like, saying, if you really liked the things Metal Gear Solid 2 had, like, you know, in its, like, aesthetics or whatever, 3 is not really the same thing at all. Okay, that's true. I do miss the, like, uh, clean future, yes. weird, n- almost cel-shaded look of um, MGS2. Yep. Um, so I, I, I agree with that, but, like, 3 is such a complete stealth game. I love it. Anyway, the actual question is, what series or game have you, upon revisiting, completely changed your opinions about the quality of? Um, um, I going through Final Fantasy again with Jackson really yeah. radically reshaped my opinions on Final Fantasy. Uh, not that I, like, I'm still, I was always an 8-bastard, I'm still an 8-bastard, but um, just, like, one, I genuinely fully believe that, like, fighting over who what's the best Final Fantasy, like, saying, this one's bad and mine is good is nonsense they're all really good games even the ones i don't particularly like it's fucking final fantasy they they make they make the games they're pretty good <laughs> you still i mean let's let's not lie we still have to like restrain ourselves a little when someone comes in like 12 is so good and smart and all the other ones are stupid we still become the veiny guy a well, little that's the it's thing not- is i'm more mad about the part where they're like all the other ones are stupid than i yes. am about like like 
I think 12 story is bad, but I'll sit here and talk about like going through the, the Wester sand all day. It fucking rips. <laughs> the ADB system. Why didn't they use that again? Why would not they let Ito out of his cage? Yeah. Um, so it's like l- r- recognizing that like to talk about that, like that is like, uh, they're all really good. Um, but also um, really falling for four, a game I didn't particularly like before we uh, did that. <laughs> Just like one of my favorite Final Fantasies now. <laughs> I don't really have an because of how we've done this podcast, right? And how like but yes. until twenty twelve, I played fucking Xbox games. I yes. don't really have that many things. I've classic things I adored that I revisited and have changed my mind on. Like you know, I, yeah. we we played Ninja Gaiden. I still like it in exactly the same way. There's no yeah. difference there. I guess I like Halo Two more than I used to, but I you know I don't think I've I changed. Don't, I don't understand why because it's fucking terrible. It's it's better than Halo One in level design and story. No, I mean in story, yes, absolutely. I can't even deny that, but level design get out of here get out of your it's mind it's way better paced <laughs> i just don't like halo 2 at all sorry um halo 3 though classic video game pretty good pretty good video game actually except for the part where it gets all 911 at the end yeah i mean yes the story is way worse than halo 2 but um <laughs> yes uh, that, um, i guess that is one where I, I remember thinking oh halo 3 it's kind of like a mid campaign but then when, yeah. we, when we when we replayed it i was like that's a classic campaign that's a goddamn video your, game your thing more has been deprogramming the stupid jeff gersman opinions that you adopted <laughs> not from playing anything just from listening to giant bomb and being impressionable yes hit me with a couple of them because I, I know oh, i just don't i just I don't i don't have concrete examples but okay. i know there's a lot of things where you'd just have the gersman opinion i'd be like you haven't played that why are you saying that the the one i always remember and i tweeted this the other day but no, no one here's seen it uh was i remember thinking for many years just because i was a you know teenager and believed when jeff said things about video games uh that that 2012 syndicate remake was actually really smart and cool and, and fun and like, like a really cool shooter and i went and played it and i was like this fucking sucks i've i've been lied to i must make opinions on my own from now on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but it's really what... funny because like i've like led you often by the nose through a bunch of like shit that i grew up with or even things i didn't grow up with but like like that are old like i didn't grow up with castlevania but you've played a bunch of castlevania you like old castlevania more than i do i think castlevania 3 is one of the best action games ever made. i mean that's true but i just think you overall like castlevania more like that style of castlevania more than me yeah you are i'm, I mean, I'm I have, actually I played as much trash i just happen to like those classic ones yeah but but at the same time like you've played like all six original Mega Mans. you don't like Mega Man nearly as much as i do <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I'll play Mega Man right now, but I don't care. Yeah, I'm not like, you don't care. thinking about it. I'm, I'm not actually yeah. thinking about it that much. Yep. Um, which is good. I mean, that's totally fine. Can't can't get you to care about Zelda to save your fucking life. And that's always, like, I, the thing is, about- I don't even think of myself as a Zelda person, but I'm deeply wounded every time. <laughs> every time I say something like Ocarina of Time is kind of bad. I don't care. Um, they, they made video games. They wouldn't exist in Ocarina of Time. How the fuck can you say that? It's whatever. And you play and you're like, yeah, I get it. Sort of. It is the one I'm most dismissive of. And I do find it funny because it riles you up so much. But I'm not like lying. I'm not, I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit for effect. But it is a, It is true. I just feel nothing when I think about uh, Lord of Zelda. Uh, Link's Awakening, though, that's a masterpiece. No, it, it is. I th- it's my favorite Zelda game. But still, come on. Um, Santo writes in, is Digimon Survive coming out? The answer is yes. It was already announced. And it the Santa said this 13 hours ago. The release date was already announced and Santa sent this. Uh, but wouldn't uh, it be very funny if it didn't? Uh, it's going to come out. I'm not going to play. I, the thing is, every time I'm like, oh, right, they pivoted the visual novel. I'm interested in that. But then I remember that around the visual novel is like a fucking tactics game. And I'm like, nah, never mind. I'm good. If you pre-order it, you get Gilmon. 
do I want to play Devil Survivor? No, I don't ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've told the story about how I watched the Endurance Run. I was like, I need to get into the Shin Megami Tensei, and the next game to come out was fucking Devil Survivor. I played almost all of the first Devil Survivor uh, because that exact thing happened to me too. <laughs> Devil Survivor might be why I don't like tactics games because even before, before that I played Fire Emblem and I really liked it. it I didn't even like dislike. Anime. I didn't even dislike Devil. I think Devil Survivor is totally fine. I just, you know, I eventually got too hard and I fell off. Um, I have no ill will towards Devil Survivor, but it is like the most one of those to me. I, I, <laughs> I don't mean, really want to play Devil Survivor. I have no critique of Devil Survivor. I played it when I was a kid, but um, I, it's not. You, it's not it's Persona, not Persona 4. Four. It's not yes. Persona Four. And from that perspective, I hated it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, <laughs> uh, we have an anonymous email. Um, when starting this month's game club, I chose to play Metal Gear Acid 2 directly on my PSP. To play the tutorial, I felt something was off with the presentation journal look at the game, so I double-checked the original release year, which is 2005 in Japan. Realizing this, I considered the fact that I was playing the game on the PSP 3000 released in 2008, which has a different default color space than the original PSP models. However, 3000 models can revert back to the original PSP's color space, so games can be played as intended. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this at all. Because I, I, I think I have, I think I have, you know what? My PSP is right here. I'm going to bump some uh, cups or something doing this probably. Um, what is my PSP? Um, how do you know? Oh, I have a 3000. I didn't notice. Do you play it on the <laughs> PSP, not your Vita? No, I, I, I like playing games on the hard, since I have all this handheld hardware, I like playing it on as close to the original hardware as I can. Um, and I, I, I like my, I like the way the PSP feels in the hand more than I like the Vita. I'm just an old head. <laughs> this is, this is nothing other than my own personal memories and aesthetics. I have more fond memories of the PSP than I do the Vita. I played on my PSP. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, uh, I didn't know this. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Cause like, I thought the game was like really neon and ridiculous, but I didn't realize that might've literally been like. A color presentation issue. I mean, it I is neon and ridiculous. Like a, yeah, but um, it may have. I like, may have been I like on the that wrong. about it. I like that about it. <laughs> anyway, the question: um, Have you ever started or even played far into a game before realizing that a setting was incorrect? Or did fixing that setting improve your opinion of said game? This isn't a video game, but I remember when I was uh, watching my legally obtained copy of Thor two and talking to you, <laughs> and it, like towards the end of the movie, I'm like, it's really weird that the the dark elves aren't subtitled like it's a bold choice and you're like they are <laughs> and i just didn't have my <laughs> subtitle files you had a ton of subtitles on. that was so funny um i so when i'm playing i'm playing sable right and they has an option that i think is for like lower resolution tvs to like thicken the lines up but i just like the way it looks more so i have that on all the time um <laughs> Because the lines are really thin by default, but I actually like the thick line looks. I just turned it on, though I think it is meant to be like a your my TV seven twenty or ten eighty, and uh, some of these lines get obscured by the fact the game is uh, at a lower resolution because it's very thin lines. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example of this question. I don't. I genuinely don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I don't tend, know I, the, the problem is I tend to just go through option settings before I start games. Yeah. Yeah, I so, found the I found the the solid eye setting and like in the mission one because the first thing I did was open the menu and flip through all the stuff. This is how, I mean, I know that's like a cliche. Everyone made fun of Total Biscuit when he was still around for doing this, but before he became too problematic, like in 2012. Oh, before he died also. Oh, yeah, well, that true. Yes, but before I knew what a culture war was. Yes. Um. Anyway, not to bring all that shit up, but I, I just am also a check the settings guy. That's who I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to turn on subtitles is my thing. I always want subtitles on. I want to turn off the subtitles. Because uh, every game has terrible sound balance, so I need to be able to see what people are saying. 
unless it's a game where I can button through the subtitles, in which case I want them on. Like Death Stranding, I have them on, so I can... Let's go! Um, but yeah, I can't think of any that, like, I was playing it in raw, like, with a busted setting. Pop my yeah, head. me neither. Um, how much money would it take to get you to play the entire game with a solid eye? Um, I'd probably, if I had a solid eye and an easy way to do it that wouldn't, like, destroy my neck, I'd probably just do it, say I did. I don't think it would, like, be a problem. I would, I would rather do that than play a Kid Icarus Uprising. I'd rather do several things. <laughs> um, and then we have one final email from Rick what would Final Fantasy Acid be like Final Fantasy Tactics already exists that's true what if there was card though um, I mean I guess it would be like World of Final Fantasy like they, they've, they've done or with a deck okay, that's yeah. like they've already done the big weird fan service yeah. thing uh, you know what I did remember about that game which is like a vindication of everything you've ever said you know who's in that game who Sora. <laughs> oh, right. He is. So they can put him in other things sometimes. Once. <laughs> One time. They put Sora. You could summon Sora. Yeah. Put him on your head where he belongs. <laughs> Sora belongs on your head. Yeah. Sure. Um, thank you once again. Uh, Enroll mapping podcast at gmail.com. Next month, we continue the year of handhelds. We are playing DS Classic Trauma Center Under the Knife. We sure um, are. Apologies to anyone who plays their DS games on an emulator. You really need the touchscreen for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah you do. The, I think the first Wii game is a. There's more stuff, but it is a. Like. Technically a story remake of the first game. I okay. think that's true. I played them both, but at the time. So, like, I barely remember. I think I remember that being true. Um, mm hmm. So I guess if you like really want to play along and you don't have a DS or like a 3DS or whatever, um, or a tablet, you could, you could like a Wii game. And Wii is easier to emulate with a mouse than a DS is. The Wii game is supposedly a remix. It's a a remake of the DS titles, Trauma Center Under the Knife. So um, I played at the time. It was all right. Um, I like this DS game more in my memory, but um, also to everyone who has a DS and is playing along with us, ripped all of our screens. Um, yeah, I'm genuinely like, oh, my, my dwell on screen is so nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's I've fine. You're not a playing. child. Just don't yeah. press that hard. It's not that big a deal. That's what I'm going to very, try very hard to do. Because you know. when I had my launch DS, like, that thing, let me tell you, it got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but you were a child, right? I was so, a child. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, but I'm looking forward to that one. It'll be good. Um, real anime hour is happening. Um, until then, Jackson, where can people find you? You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. Uh, me and Em have a bunch of podcasts at adrenalmapping.com. They're cool. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash normalmapping. For $1, you get The Great Gundam Project every Wednesday. We are coming towards the end of Gundam Seed. Uh, after that, we'll be watching Superior Defender Gundam Force, which is a CG kids show, like an actual ass kids show, not anime. Uh and uh digimon tamers the third digimon series which i'm really excited to talk about um for five dollars you get blockbusters where every month we talk about a uh big hollywood movie and kind of break it down talk about its themes and its production we recently did uh, the ten commandments for easter next month uh in just a couple weeks we'll be doing irobot the will smith classic um and then for ten dollars you get voip life where every two weeks me and jackson just kind of goof off as a thank you to people who support us uh it's like a variety show i guess 
Um, often, I guess you could say that. If you want me to, if you want to hear me complain about Tunic or uh, <laughs> other video game stuff, that that'll often appear on uh, VoIP Life stuff. That I'm like, this is not like quality criticism, but we're just shooting the shit about some video games. That often drifts onto VoIP Life. <laughs> Try to be a little more professional on this public feed. Uh, but if you just want to, if you just want me to go, oh, that game looks stupid about a game that some people probably love, uh, VoIP Life's got your back. Yeah, we do have self-awareness enough to know that it is kind of our self-behavior, so we keep it yeah. a little private. To be said, don't like Hyperlight Drifter. I'm sorry. It's just a bad game. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back <laughs> next month with some DS games. It'll be great. Uh, until then, uh, play some games. Or don't. I'm not your mom. You, you are my life.